This is the comedy bit for this episode of the Two Half Squads. What you are listening to now is the comedy bit. The bit at the beginning of the show, which is funny and has comedic properties. Wouldn't you agree, Dave? Yes, this is the comedy bit. The comedy bit occurs here. What you're listening to now is comedy. Please laugh appropriately. And thank you for paying attention. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. How did you know we were here? They always know where to find us. They do. Apparently, they do. I can't remember when I've laughed so hard at a comedy bit. And we were <laughs> and we were trying not to be seen, and they still found us. They did. We can't get away. Seems like every time we show up here, people show up and, well, welcome. and listen to us. We welcome are, to the two half squads. We are still recording on this very chilly day yes. of uh, January 27, 2014. And this is episode... 109. As in PT 109. Wow. Close yeah. to 110 already, and then, yeah, going yeah. fast. Already. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. If you are trying to reach, uh, if you're trying to listen to the two... Um, let Mucky me go back. Mucks? Yeah. If the podcast you're looking for was concerning basket weaving or the... Lawrence Welk. Yeah, Lawrence Welk. This is not it. Yet. Not yet. Yes, not yet. If we run out of stuff to talk about, Lawrence Welk maybe then it in. will be it. You know what? He was he was Austrian or German. Maybe he. There's got to be a tie-in. There's pr- World War II. <laughs> got to be. My wife. She's so funny because we we watch uh, CBS every morning, and we watch CBS Sunday morning on the weekends, and inevitably there's either a story about World War II or Star Trek. Really, every single time we turn on the news. And she'll look at me and she'll go, how do you do it? And I'll say, I, I <laughs> Those are know. your two interests, But somehow they? everything relates to either World War II or Star Trek. <laughs> and so, Jeff, why? what are those containers in the baggies that look like counter? Oh, those are n- new containers that I haven't yet unbacked. They oh, just, they okay. Just came they from came there. sealed. Yeah. What brand are they? They're not the cheap ones that it's I the prefer. Plano. Okay. The short Plano. It's like. The fact that the thing is a plastic container wasn't enough, so they put the plastic container in a plastic bag. I, I like the Plano. This is the... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is not Plano. This is the Pro Latch, the 2-3601 utility box. I like these because they are not as deep as yes, the other it's shallow. that I had. Yeah, it's shallow. So it's easier to, to get them out. So I'm Easy, kind yes. of been in the process. Okay. Of, uh, you got a lot of things going on. I do. Have you worked on that model kit since last show? Sorry? The model kit? <laughs> Since last show? I heard you. I'm just sorry that this I haven't... Uh, Plano. Plano Pro Latch. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, it is that's what the, okay. But, yeah. Oh, they have the removable shelf walls. See, now, I... You know, that's what... You I don't glue like them that. In. Yeah. I want... I don't want to have to cut those apart, those little dividers. No. These should come already. They should come already cut, to, yeah, cut right. apart. Yeah, you're right. For the price I get all of excited. Yeah. Surely they can, you know, get some poor little children in Taiwan <laughs> to do that labor for them. Of course they can. And stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Hey, I ate at Noodles and Company. 
I have a friend. We both really like hot stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, that's not me, is it? No. Okay. But you also enjoy hot I stuff. Do. Um, and I ate there, and this, they had this powder stuff called Smolder from Boulder. <laughs> really? Yeah. Custom made. It is really, really hot. No kidding. Yes. I love Noodles and Company, but no, I, it burns. I don't know about this. So I asked at the desk, hey, at the counter, can we, I, I, I want to buy one of these. Oh, sorry, they're not for sale. So I got to work Monday, and the person that eats hot, we carpool. And I had said, hey, I went to Noodles & Company. She goes, oh, I did too this weekend. And do you know, they they have this, but the greatest hot stuff there I've ever had. <laughs> I was like, you mean Smolder from Boulder? Wow. Yes, and she says, and I went up to ask them if I could buy some, and they said no. I said, well, I did too. So, Isn't that a coinkydink? That is a coinkydink. Well, if I could, you know, I... I don't want to turn you in the wrong direction, especially this late in your life. Well, but why didn't you just take it? Because of the ethical dilemma of oh. theft. Now I yeah. have stolen okay. before, and I will steal again. But, <laughs> but yeah, that stuff you took it, from me last show and sold it. To, yeah, sold. But I eBay. gave the money to the Ernie Pyle Museum. Yeah, you did. So that's a good cause. <laughs> Steals so, from the rich and so yeah, them. and she said the same thing, Jeff. She's yeah. like, you know, I was thinking this. She goes, she's just promoting people to steal that stuff yeah, from them. Really? Because I so when I went to the next time, we had these coupons for free dinners. Yeah, for doing a run marathon thing. I didn't run. I the kids didn't. Laura did. <laughs> Good choice. And so we had four of these free meals. So me and the boys went back and got got them and to go and. They gave me, I said, oh, can I get somebody to go? And they did load up a huge, well, pretty, you know, it's only an inch deep of a container, the little yeah. round containers, yeah. but packed full of that stuff. So I do have a supply now. Well, and that's I emailed good. the company. Yeah. I looked them up and I emailed them and asked if I could purchase a container of that custom made for noodles and company, and they never replied. Well, I'm just looking up the uh, Smolder from, it's called Smolder from Boulder? Yeah. I'm looking up their it. website. Yeah. yeah. Smolderfromboulder.com. See, it's all this custom-made stuff, right? The hottest musical strip tease west of the Rockies. And yep. <laughs> and I contacted them. So that contact us button? They never they got, they got a picture there of, of guys with no shirts on, whereas we don't wear pants. <laughs> they don't wear shirts. They're but like they our, are, But they do have ties parts. on. Yeah. They they look like uh, Top Cat. They got collars and ties and then no shirts. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll try contacting them again. Well, that's or that's I'll interesting. Break I have down to and try steal it because I, I love from Boulder Container. Because normally they just one of the things I love about going to Noodles and Company is uh-huh. they have the big bottles of Mount Suribachi or whatever they call it. Oh yeah, they're hot sauce. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Yeah, that stuff you can buy that stuff at the store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Vietnamese, isn't it? I think that's good stuff. Uh, that could be. That could be. Got the rooster on it or something. Yeah, or... right. Yeah, that's good stuff too. But I haven't been to Noodles for a long time. I did go to McDonald's the other day, though. You did? <laughs> oh yeah. You never go there. I know. Well, I was I was going over to Rich's house. It was early in the morning. I didn't. I needed to get on the road, so I thought oh, I'll go to McDonald's. I'll get some coffee, and I'll get maybe a biscuit with egg and cheese because mm-hmm. that's the way I like it. The biscuit with egg <laughs> and cheese. I went to the drive-up, and I said I'd like a large black coffee and a large black decaf and a biscuit with egg and cheese. I said, no sausage, because if I don't, they give it to me with sausage. Uh. Okay, biscuit with egg and cheese, yeah. So then I pull pull around to pay, 
And the girl says, it'd be a dollar thirty-five. And I said, that that can't be right. You, you don't have my order right. It's a different order. Oh, what did you have? I had the two coffees and the biscuits with egg and cheese. And she said, oh, here it is, the two coffees and the sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. And I said, well, no, I didn't want the sausage. She goes, oh, yeah, okay. So then I drive forward, and they, they say, can you pull forward, and we'll bring you your sausage and egg biscuit. And I said, actually, it's just egg and cheese. <laughs> no Getting sausage. the feeling you're going to yeah. end up with yeah. sausage here. So then, so then so I pulled up, and they came out and gave me the bag, and I'm happy, and I drove around the corner, not not out, but just to the parking lot. And I open up the thing, and the coffee's right, and I open up the thing, and it's a biscuit with egg and no cheese <laughs> and no sausage. <laughs> and, and it just occurred to me, you know, drive through has been around for 50 years. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Early, yeah. And they still, it's flawed. <laughs> At least 50% of the time, it's not right. No, mine's right more often mine, than that. You know when mine is right is when I don't specify anything. When they say, hi, can I help you? And I'll just say, just throw some stuff in a bag and charge me some money and whatever you give me is fine. And whenever I do that, it's perfect. But whenever I ask for something, you know what they should, I, I want to go to the drive up and I say, what can I get you? And I'll say, why do you ask? You're not going to give me what I ask for. Why do you, why do you ask? Just give me some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been that cursed actually with uh but it's funny Timonins they uh they go around and they they ban restaurants that that screw things up. Did you do that yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. So they're yeah. like, "Oh, we don't we don't go there anymore. We've banned them because they, they messed they, up the order." Yeah, like yeah. the salmon wasn't cooked properly no. or the service or something. So Yeah. Um, the roaches were still alive if, on our plate. Yeah. Normally, we like them dead. Yeah, they're not real forgiving with the food thing. But I guess yeah. why would you want to waste your time if you know it's not going to be? If you yeah. can go somewhere else, it's going to have a fine dining experience. Right. Why not? Yeah. But my thought is, you know, I could make a billion dollars. I'm I, if I could figure a way to make drive-through foolproof, or if a company like McDonald's said we guarantee you our drive-through is going to be right every time. I would never eat anywhere else, ever. Well, there you go, folks. The challenge has been laid down. Yeah. The gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> yes, yes. There it is. Yeah, once I was at BK in, inside, and this guy and lady came in, walked in with a bag of food, and said, this order is wrong. And they said, but we were at the Burger King down Northwest Highway there in Arlington instead of this one in Palatine. Can you fix our order? They really did, Jeff. They did. They yeah. did. And yeah. the, the poor manager lady, she was like, well, wait, did you, you didn't come through our drive-thru. No, no, we were at the one down in Arlington, and they messed this up. Yeah. You, you should fix this. That's too hard to do a U-turn. So she was trying to explain they're independently owned, and yeah. you know, <laughs> and these people got all mad, and the guy like yelled. and <laughs> Okay, first of all, I would not expect the other BK to fix the other BK's problems. No, I don't think I would either. But anyway. Yeah. But then that does relate to squad leader because I was, like I say, I was on the way to Riches to play squad leader. Yes. So, so there we go. So here we go, everybody, on another. Here we go. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I Anything? think we no? have. That wraps it up. We're done. In the news, Thanks, don't everybody. we? Did you have some items you've been oh, yes. sending to our, our mailbox and... 
Our letters are short, but we have lots of things for the news segment, don't we? Yes, we do. Let me... Okay, or lower? It's I, I never paused us. Oh, yeah. So, yes. So here we are. That will work just fine. <laughs> in the news in the with news. the two half squads. Yes. I came upon this news story. It's You're supposed to talk story. like Walter Cronkite. I came upon this news story <clears throat> the other day while searching <laughs> the internet, whatever that is. Which the internet came up after I died. <laughs> And what is that thing, Jeffrey? Well, that you uh, found? from uh, militaryhistorynow.com, mm-hmm. they did an article about the Allies' $10 submachine gun. And this is kind of funny because I, re- fairly recently I watched The Guns of Navarone. In fact, I think I talked about it on one of our episodes. I say fairly recently, that means like within the last 15 years. <laughs> Which, well, that's the when way you, I think of it, yeah, too. When, when, I really do. When you get to be 55 years uh-huh. old. Yeah. Fairly recently, yeah. goes back quite a ways. It does. But anyway, I, I was noticing, I think it was the Guns of Navarone, I was noticing, and probably because I've come to appreciate the detail to which movie makers go to now, but in looking back at this old movie, I thought, wow, some of those guns, they just look like pipes bolted together and painted black, like with a little electrical tape. They're pretty basic. Well, and mm-hmm. so here's this article about the, the Sten and I'll just read part, parts of this quickly. Yes, do that. With the Nazi invasion of the United Kingdom all but certain in the fall of 1940, Prime Minister Winston Churchill famously vowed that Britons would fight the Axis on the beaches and landing grounds, as well as in the fields, streets, and hills of England. But to do so, the nation needed weapons, and lots of them. Weapons like the Sten gun, first dreamed up in the opening months of the war and then rushed into production during the Battle of Britain, the Sten was a bargain basement submachine gun that could be produced quickly and in great numbers. The three kilogram all metal weapon fired eight rounds per second from a horizontally loaded 32 round magazine. Hmm. Cleverly designed to use the German nine millimeter pistol ammunition. Oh. I thought that was quite brilliant. The Sten was effective to about 100 meters. Each Sten gun cost as little as two pounds in those days, $10 to produce roughly equal to about $130 today. By comparison, the American M1A1 Thompson went for a staggering $200 per unit. In 1940, is... in 1940 it was 200. The Sten was 10. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. And while by October of 1940 Hitler had postponed his plans for a cross-channel invasion, Allied factories continued to crank out Stens by the thousand and would do so for the next five years. In fact, nearly five million Stens were manufactured by 1945. The weapon would serve in every theater and go on to become the most recognizable British small arm of the war. Yeah. So, and I painted a lot of little 15 millimeter, have you? 20 millimeter army men with their little Sten guns. Have you really? Oh yeah. It's it's kind of uh, recognizable because the stock is just a frame. It is it's, instead it's just of this a like solid wood T-shaped metal piece, yeah. right? And the um, and then those would be good with the paratroops often. Yes, smaller, you know. Yeah, small, to, lightweight, to probably easy to to fix. The Sten is actually an acronym for its inventor, 
Reginald Shepard and Harold Turpin of the Royal Small Arms Factory of Enfield. Uh, made from cheap stamp metal parts and requiring only a bit of welding, a single sten could be produced at a workbench by a single semi-skilled laborer in a few hours. And fully outfitted, a fully outfitted factory could produce hundreds of the weapons in a single shift. It's ugly, but it worked. And um, so I'll, I'll post a, a, a link, uh, to that. link to that article, which I just thought was fascinating. It's almost like a history report, too. Yes, it is. As well as in the All news. In one. Yeah, really, the World War II, that, that wasn't news. On this website, there's even a, a poem called Ode to a Sten Gun by Gunner S.N. Teed. I wonder if that's really his name, Gunner. Oh. You wicked piece of vicious tin, you call, call you a gun? Don't make me grin. You're just a bloated piece of pipe. You couldn't hit a hunk of tripe. But when you're with me in the night, I'll tell you, pal, you're just all right. Each day I wipe you free of dirt. Your dratted corners tear my short. I cuss you and call you names. You are much more trouble than my dames. But boy, do I love to hear you yammer when you spit lead in a business manner. <laughs> you conceited pile of salvage junk. I think this prowess talk is bunk. Yet, if I want a wall of lead thrown at some Jerry's head, it is to you I raise my hat. You're a damn good pal, you silly gat. Nice. It's beautiful. Very brings nice. A, it brings a tear to me. It I, does. It, you know, it seems like we should be able to pick up a couple of stens, you know, like for the show. I was actually just thinking about yeah. We should look that up. How many of those are around and They're what pr- they go for on, yeah. at Walmart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next time I'm out uh, picking up eggs and hey, cauliflower. I'll do you know Mark DeSico sent us a, a <clears throat> link? You know, another new, I don't think Mark has contacted us. No, before. the name's not familiar. There's just been a lot of new people contacting yeah. us. And Mark has about the Japanese soldier who refused to surrender and he passed on. So from the BBC uh, News Asia, he died. a Japanese soldier who refused to surrender after World War II ended and spent 29 years in the jungle. He has died at age 91 in Tokyo. Hiru Onoda. Hiru. Hiru. Onoda. Hiro. Hiro. Hiru. He's got two O's. Oh. Inoda. 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 Oh, now someone's going to write us and tell us not to try and pronounce yeah, Japanese no, names. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll tell us to stop speaking English. <laughs> Might be a blessing for everyone. It could be. That, uh, near Luzon in the Philippines until 1974, he was on that island. Because he, you know, wow. one of those guys, yeah, he didn't believe the war ended, right? He's just hanging out, still like fighting. Like an episode of Gilligan's still Island. Still fighting. It, was Remember that there, one? Was he a Japanese guy? There was there? a Japanese guy who thought the war was still going. On. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, he was persuaded to emerge after his aging former commanding officer had was flown to the island to <sighs> tell him it was over. Is that that's cool too, it, right? It really is they cool. They had to bring in his commander, yeah. his old commander, to tell him. Uh he was greeted as a hero on his return to Japan as the war ended. Near the world's end. dumbest hero. <laughs> well, see, it, it, I shouldn't make fun of him. You know, the it's difference, admirable, but it's funny too at the same time. Yeah, and he goes on to say that the uh, he was of course ordered not to surrender. 
a command he obeyed yeah. for nearly three decades. <sighs> Quote, every Japanese soldier was prepared for death, but as an intelligence officer, I was ordered to conduct guerrilla warfare and not to die, he told an ABC in an interview in 2010. And he passed away last several weeks ago now. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing story. And uh, did did our, um, whoever wrote you, Robert. Mark. Oh, Mark. Seco. Let's call him Robert. <laughs> so that I don't look silly. Did he send also a link um, to Amazon? Like, because this guy has a book. No, Or, or he there not. was a book written. Somebody sent us a link then to the autobiography of this particular gentleman, Japanese gentleman. Well, and um, it's available on Amazon. At the end of the BBC article, there is a Three Decades Hiding in the Guam Jungle magaz- a magazine article. Okay. There's also an autobiography about the guy, or by the guy. Okay. On Amazon. And I'll we'll find, that. find we'll it. We'll put that on the show notes. Yeah. And that's all for What's in the News. <laughs> yeah, that was close. I combined. <laughs> that's it. For the news, Jeffrey. Thank goodness. News that's too old to talk about almost. Good music. Old news is good news. That's right. Someday we'll actually rehearse and uh, really spend some time setting up our our little vignettes. No, we won't. Okay. (laughs) That's something to dream of. We're already sinking four hours into this darn thing today. That's true. You know, I have now, a uh, unfinished business. Should I do this now? Well, why don't you call it, uh, we'll put them all together in this segment. Okay. This segment that we call... What? Wait a minute. What? Oh, What's... What? Yeah. What? No, what's... In the, the news. Box. What's in the news box? <laughs> what's in the box? This is actually... Uh, I'm going to go back to something that we opened... Several episodes ago. Yeah. Somebody sent us a nice stack of magazines. And i sorry, I don't remember his name right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't really expect me to. So I read through the magazines quickly on the air and uh, talked about how nice they were. But this one I just want to go back to a second because I didn't realize it at the time. This is the Tactical Wargamers Journal. Yeah. For some reason I was having problems. Premier issue, issue one. Talking about the title because I was reading the Tactical War Gamers and then the logo here, which is a W. W2? Yeah, I mean, it's it's TJ with a W in there and I couldn't quite. Anyway, so if you leave that off, it's just the Tactical War Gamers Journal, issue one, which is actually very, very nice. And this is published by uh, Michael Dorosh or Dorosh. Oh, yes. Who we have... Uh, read his letter. A of time we've read his letters and we reviewed Drunken his, Uncles, if I recall. <laughs> we've reviewed his other book, which was about Scenario Designers. Scenario Handbook. Designers. Handbook. His and Mark the Cabbages. There yeah. were two. Yeah. Right. Correct. Okay. So this is one of his publications. I believe there are two issues out. Um, I'm thinking he wanted more than that by now because this is a couple of years old. But um, I just wanted to bring attention back to this because it really is a very nice publication by a very well i shouldn't call him a small publisher but we do like to promote people that are writing about asl and mm-hmm. he's got some excellent articles in here a history of tactical wargaming which is which is fascinating going back to the beginnings of tactical wargaming all the way up through advanced squad leader talks about tactical board game packaging who 
Did you think you could write a whole article about oh, the packaging? Hey, that we could talk about the more about the packaging. Yes, we could continue us into episode three hundred. Yeah, it probably could. Then um, ASL online reference site. Uh, he talks about Mark Pitkavich's website along with other things in there. An ASL product checklist, and then a couple of articles that aren't specifically about ASL, but more just about tactical wargaming in general. A very in-depth look at Soviet tank units from 1941 through 1945, and and also uh, Red Army AFVs in the GPW. An article on that. Actually, uh, now that I think about it, it wasn't just Mark that wrote these. Uh, Michael, sorry. Well, lots of these. other articles. There were a couple of other contributors to this. Um, so I wanted to bring some attention back to that. I will put a link in the show notes to where you can get this journal and this subsequent issue, and hopefully well, further issues after that. And, and I had also read this World at War, Strategy and Tactics of World War II, mm. which was uh, sent to us by a listener also. Maybe the same box? Or it could be box. the same box, yeah. But I know I had this I one for remember. a longer time. This came with the oh, okay. books, I think, donated. Okay. That we, and, you know, it's it's the one that goes with Strategy and Tactics games, but apparently... You can just, they used to have the magazine with a game in it, and they were in baggies at Prosex Old Hobby right. Shop. And But apparently they're just, this is just the magazine. I think you had said that you can just get them at the You can get store, it two, right? two ways. You can get it with the game or without the game. And then they had some more focused issues from strategy and tactics, which were just about certain theaters of war and times of war. So, yeah, that's the World War II version. Yeah, <clears throat> and so, yeah, it has a great article on Sedan, uh, the early 39 uh, attack into France, some air power to the Spanish Civil War, and um, a great article on the shock troops in Russia. How did they shock people? With uh, electrodes. Wow. Or cattle prods now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That in the Leningrad front, they sent in the shock army. Was it second shock army? But I guess it got wiped out. Destruction of Second Shock Army, yeah, had gotten wiped out. So I'd recommend you read this. I'll leave this back with you, Jeff. Thank you. And, um, yeah, good quality paper, great graphics. I uh, enjoyed reading it a lot. So I would expect that from Strategy and Tactics. That quality? Yeah. Yes, and, and it is really good. Very re- readable. Um, yeah, great illustrations. You know, this big painting here and stuff. Yeah. So. More is better. And what we have in the box today is... What do we have in the box? ASL Annual 91. 91. It wasn't the 91st annual. It was from 1991. 91. And on the cover is, of course... A screaming guy. From what game? Red Barricades. You are right. So that's a Russian soldier with one of those potato masher type grenades in his hand. Yep. And a... uh, Semi-automatic pistol of some kind. Guy behind him. Did we cover the art of the historicals? No, I don't think so. And if we did, we're going to ask everybody to cut us some slack. Because now I'm thinking, did I already review this on the air? I don't think so, but you know me. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) Well, because you think I'd be able to remember. I don't think you did. I thought we left off at 90, but then I couldn't find that in my records. I saw 89 was the last. No, I'm pretty sure we did. One. I'm sure we did 90. 90 somewhere So in 91, there. yes. I, might I wonder what will be next. Uh, 92, I already pulled it out and put it in my to-do stack. Oh, okay, good. And that one features uh, Code of 
Bushido. Oh, okay. Great. Bushido. On the cover. And so this one, this annual, you know, it has an ad for Kota Bushido coming up yep. soon. It has a series replay by um, Mr. Mitchell Watson, Calcagno, and Kibler. And the uh, Germans were Mitchell and Lenny Watson, and the Russian was Frank Calcagno, and the neutral commentator was Charlie Kibler, Charles Kibler. And it has a scenario for the historical game, Red Barricades, Fire on the Volga, some of the scenarios they put out in these early magazines. So if you have Red Barricades want to get some additional material for it, this would be a good annual for you. Mm-hmm. And the series replay, I'll, I put some highlighting here to read. A departure from our usual format for ASL series replays was demanded when we decided to give the readers a look at Red Barricades. Obviously, reportage of every die roll and some of the 22 scenarios is not possible. Besides, the emphasis in the campaign game is on planning, purchase, and forethought. The flavor of the campaign is what was to be conveyed in these pages, so only the briefest outline of the tactical play of our three stalwarts is given. Of more importance are their thoughts on the purchase and commitment of of forces, planning, reactions, strategy, and so on. So, the, the remember we talked about the old ones with every little die roll and every little line in there? Yes. As no one really would read those. So this... You th- know, and I made a comment about that in, in that show and said, who would ever do that? Uh-huh. And somebody wrote to us and said, you know, I actually enjoy doing that. And he said, I learn a lot by setting it all up and following all the die rolls, and I pick up tips and I learn the rules better and after he said that I thought well yeah that certainly makes sense and that's something I wish I did then is go through those roll by roll well you can and and I think I will and you can also pick up tips and things um by just reading the 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 more overview yes right yeah Yeah. yes but it it might be a, a good way for somebody that is struggling to learn ASL maybe that doesn't have somebody close by to play with if they could get a hold of some of these roll-by-roll series replays, it might really help them learn the rules without having a live tutor. Yes, that would be correct. And uh, some more scenarios, Beachhead, Ozerica Bay, King's Castle. And there's uh, letters here. And here is one from Andrew Hershey of England that I thought, look at that fine print again, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Imagine. Wow. That's a lot of words on one page. But what he says is, Mr. Uh, Hershey from England, I would like to offer my fellow ASL players a helpful hint which can aid those who, like myself, find they require a better way to remember this new terrain configuration than relying on a mental picture. Um, I guess we need to know what he's talking about here. SSRs that change the terrain. Oh, like right. Treat all woods as the Sears... Tower, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah tower, yeah, or yes. you know, um, all stone buildings are Starbucks. <laughs> um, like myself, they require a better way to remember this new configuration. The advice is that once you have arranged the overlay on board twenty-five, he's talking about contest in the clouds. Uh, the SSR was to cl- visualize all the cliff hex sides and blind hexes in that one, and so. His recommendation, take a piece of clear mylar acetate, cut it into a rectangular shape, fit it in the plane area, and place a and place it on top of the overlay. You can then tack it down 
using whatever you like. And once this is done, carefully use a marker to color the designated cliff hexides. Yeah. Do not forget the spires like 25R7, W7. Mm-hmm. Give the ink a few minutes to dry and you have created your own custom overlay for reuse. That's a good idea. If you're going to play that one again, yes. Yeah. Players might think about using the same method for any scenario, using different colored pens to denote the terrain alterations. And I would hope that other ASLers find this custom overlay will help them enjoy this challenging scenario as much as I did. So, yeah, you could yeah. do that. I never yes, thought of could. that one. I, yeah. um, you know, you could buy duplicate overlays and cut them all up into like a big woods woods five cut into separate pieces and you can use those to change all the terrain on a board but of course I when suppose, you're yeah. on vassal right it does that automatically for it you? does yes it's one of the beauties of vassal yes but i, I like that idea of, of being it then being able Just to gives draw you a quick way to <clears throat> do it and mm-hmm. and it's reusable um, an article by Charles Marcus, The Forgotten Legions, The Axis Miners in ASL. And I just wrote, great history again. I mean, it's just Bulgaria, Hungary, how, again, look at all the small print and stuff. It's yes, just, that's the like amount a, of detail is staggering. Romania, Slovakia, with the numbers of troops, how they got into the war, all those things. Croatia, Serbia, Albania. And then he gets into the ASL treatment, talking about, like, um, the weaponry the different guys had and how it's in the game. Leader generation numbers, why perhaps that's the way, are, are the way they are. And a, con- a conclusion, uh, of course. <laughs> I didn't need to say that, did I? Well, it might have just ended. It could have just like, ended. I, he might have just said, oh, I ran out of room. Like this show. And then, boom. Which, end, which yeah, ends? Yeah, we're just, it's over. Now. Now we're only talking okay, about it back. ending now. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> it's going to end later, but not soon enough hey, scenario, for most listeners. Um, A29, a meeting of patrols. All infantry, great starter scenario. Ah, yes. Teach people yep. as they move from starter kit to full ASL. Defeat Assuming they haven't got any bad habits that are taken along with them, <laughs> which could happen. And an article by Mark Nixon, the great Mark Nixon. Great, we yes. saw him at a distance at... The Ohio tournament three years ago. Yes. When we went. We really need to interview him, too. Yeah. If we can. Anyone know Mark Nixon? Can you please ask him to contact us? And also... Um, or send us uh, information on how we can contact him. Yes. We would appreciate that. Yeah. And um, this article, Early Victims, Early Victories, the Scenarios of the Last Hurrah. And I highlighted this, that... TLH, The Last Hurrah, has introduced several outstanding scenarios which ASL fans have added to their list of favorites. I happen to rank 45, 47, and 50 among mine, but I could easily be convinced that a few of the other five are favorites of yours and your cronies. Um, So he's recommending those particular scenarios from The Last Hurrah, which you can't get anymore except on eBay, Mm. right? Right. Yes, that's right. Well, wait a minute. Uh, the last hurrah, out of production, along with Partisan? Yeah. Is the last hurrah Do you come in the most recent Partisan? Partisan's gone? Par- um, yeah, what did they do? The with No, the, the new one is the... Here, pull the Partisan uh, module right there. Oh. 
Are you right? Did they combine stuff in one of those versions? Uh, they did combine them. Does it say on the back? But this is not the one. They did somewhere, yeah. They, yeah, they did. There was something I missed with that. Well, anyway. But now you get all your Axis miners in the big games, you know. Yes. What is the name of that big game? You don't have it. Uh, Armies of Oblivion. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, it's on my list. Very frustrating things to get. memory recall. Now, beyond the ASL clinic, he continues, well, much later in this article, which John Michon pens, we have seen precious little in print about how all those rules meld together to allow a gamer to formulate tactics. It's a problem because the issue is extremely complex, and the very competent players who are fascinated with this facet of the game system are currently stymied by the amount of time necessary to tackle an undertaking of such enormity. Enormity. He really makes a good point about um, the lack of that tactical advice. And to be honest, I think the new journal... Um, the journals do a better job of giving tactical advice to players than these old annuals did. So I thought I'd make that observation for our listeners. Now, there's great scenario analysis he has in his article of all the scenarios from the last hurrah. And I wrote primitive illustrations. <laughs> Look at the map illustration. It's just like black and white with some green and yeah blueprint on it you ah, know those were the old days the yeah, good old days which you know back then boy i was like oh look at this you know but anyway then there's a using the crt concealment stripping table article and that's about the two ift which remember you oh i was just having a memory of us saying something earlier today which was i heard last night when i was editing the greatest hits podcast you had said you did not mind the two the IIFT. IFT. Mm-hmm. The incremental infantry fire table. Yes. I said I did not mind it, and yet I don't use it anymore. Unless someone asked you to, or? I suppose if somebody asked me to, I would. Yeah, but, but not on your own. Most of the guys that I play with, you don't yeah. really like to use it. Um, Rich. And, and the, yeah, Rich does not like to use it. Bob Holmstrom doesn't like yeah, to I use it. Yeah, I thought Bob's so. point about having the other one memorized, why yeah. would I want right. to screw that up, yeah. is a helpful point yeah. in terms of saving time. Right. But um, but here's an article. Who wrote this? Uh, don't see it on this page, but it here's something to think about with that. And this alludes to the controversy. It's probably the start of the controversy, I would imagine. The new... Pin PTCs, there's 16 of them on the chart. PTCs change to NMCs, normal morale checks, there's 8. Morale check increases, there's 55. Morale checks changing to K slash morale checks, 8, uh, and so on. KIA increases 11. Hmm. And so that's where they get this specifics that it strips concealment. Ah, and he goes on to say, my troops usually crumble on any morale check. The changes which stand out right now as they apply to the scenario of the gauntlet from the last hurrah are those new PTC results and the new columns from 1.5 to 15. It so happens that scenario 44 is ideal for this study since we have one side fielding units with firepower of 4 and 2 versus an opponent with 5 and 3. The Germans, right? Yeah. Who will benefit most from using the IIFT? Well, the Norwegians will almost never gain a new column, whereas the German almost always gain an extra column. 
And one of these columns, most notable, is the 15 one, which has improved on eight results over the 12 column. Well, how yeah. convenient that the fire of three German squads stacked together will be resolved on this. Yeah. So his argument is this is going to change the outcome and the balance of certain games. Yeah. You know, I like the idea because at first it seems silly to not fire the light machine gun. Right. We won't fire it because we don't want to break it and it won't help our firepower. But, you know, in the end, the changes may affect your play. And so Mark's article, now that, it continues on with um, review of all the scenarios of West Tarag and very, very thorough. And he concludes by saying, in contrast to those West Valmain scenarios, I rated very close in overall balance. This package is a bit more lopsided, nearly all of which fall into the non-miners' favor. Only one of the eight do I rate as even, and one was 80% pro-German, by far the highest percentage I've given to any scenario after rating 31 different scenarios. The only conclusion I can draw from this observation is that it probably is an accurate portrayal of the times in history at which eight engagements occurred. The minor allies handle the way I had imagined they would, and it would was probably difficult for the designers to identify engagements which could not be made to play close enough to fulfill the need without navigating too far of departure from the historic truth, often an elusive enough commodity of its own accord. Do you buy that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, just give them an extra squad or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I admire, I admire the amount of cogitation that goes into coming up with some of these articles. Cogitation. Yes. Uh, the mental workout that they go through. Uh, I was but I'm, mentally working out my brain, thinking what I, that word meant. But I'm wondering if they're stretching it a little bit sometimes. <clears throat> yeah. Certainly balance would be more important. Yeah. Than the deluxe ASL scenario A7 is in this little annual. Oh. Layer sanction. Zon with the wind. This very good series here. Um Lash out, guards attack, drill team. These were the ones in Holland. They're a nice little little group, Boy Bagel. And those are good for tournament play, too. And they saw a lot in the early days, and that gets you North Bank, too. That one goes with the Holland set. I like those three. Very short, quick play. And there's an article called By Mark Nixon Again. He wrote half of this annual. I guess he did. The Numbers of October, a compendium of the ASL Oktoberfest talking about scenarios that were played there and there you go whole list on a page of all the scenarios played and the records which again in the early days you know you couldn't find this there was no roar right you know nothing online and there wasn't all that much asl stuff and so when this kind of thing came out people couldn't get enough yeah yeah and there's because of the lack of scenarios they're like all listed here yeah you know these days with the thousands you couldn't get that done and they used to do this again which i really love the topography of asl listing the boards and the terrain oh one city stone buildings squad leader number 22 city suburbs and stream beyond valor (laughs) just list the boards yeah i don't know why i thought that was so fun i i like i said in those days there wasn't that much and Whatever you could get concerning ASL so. was good. And yeah. I, I think that's cool. I think that is true. But coming in from where I, when I did, which has been six years now or uh-huh. something, to look at that stuff is just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. and the Because current... there's so, there's just so much. There's so much yeah. 
to look at and now. read and, and try to digest. And yeah. I'm thinking, too, even just taking the, the, when you're done with that Mike DeRoche book, you know. Yeah. You know, I want to read through that, too. And yes. Like, there's so much, too, that yeah. I haven't got to. Yeah. Chronology of War. Now, this I really liked when they listed all the scenarios in historical order. Oh, yes. I do, I I do like that. That still exists. My friend Wally said, we, we're going to play all these in order. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, did you play in those early days? Did you play scenarios multiple times, or or yes, re- okay, like three and four is okay. the most. I've written on each scenario card. Remember, I I put a little oh yeah symbol right. who if, won and lost. Uh, yeah, if I won or yeah. side I played, if I won or lost, and then who I played against, and so yeah. some of those have four okay, you know, markings yeah. on them. Maybe six if it was a really short one. I ended up doing, um, but a lot of even the early ones were just one play, and because. Took time to, to do all this. Yeah, right. There's an article called ASL Online, uh, just ta- just talking about the early days. You know, email, Genie, PBM games, and Genie. Wow, remember that G capital E? Yeah, that was even and, before AOL. Back in the days of CompuServe and yeah, and then the and Forward Delphi. Observer, which I really love because it would talk about upcoming games. So that was your excitement. Oh, oh look, yeah. they're going to do this next and this next. Yeah. Oh, boy, you know. Once a year you could get a preview like this because there was, again, nothing online. Yeah. And a new armor fighting vehicle for ASL, the mouse that roared. It's the Panzerkampfwagen Maus, M-A-U-S. It's this mm-hmm. really gigantic 128-millimeter um, gun, movement factor of 8, <laughs> armor of 40 in a Whoa. circle. Very large target. 26 on the side. I think triple large because look at they have three they have a red dot under the two red symbols. Oh wow! Um, but it, I don't I don't remember getting a counter with this. The statistics are all on the side. Yeah, I don't see, I don't remember seeing uh, the counter. It was the super heavy tanks first studied by Germans in '41 in response to rumors of the Russian hundred ton tank. Hitler ordered Ferdinand Porsche to design such a tank. And um, but this would say they don't. They didn't put out the counter then. No, I don't believe they did. No, we would have seen it. They're model kits of the counter, though. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Model Annual. Yeah. Ninety-one. And so, how would you rate this one? That's what I'm thinking. You know, as I said, not a lot of tactical stuff like yeah. the journals. So the journals do a better job of that. So if you haven't got all your journals, maybe you'd want to. Get those. If you're going to grab, go into the um, last hurrah, you know, I would grab it. it yeah. Just, the write-ups of each scenario and so on and um, of, that Mark Nixon did is, is really nice. And I don't know, a lot of the scenarios have been republished already elsewhere. Yes, I know they have. And then this Red Barricades replay, you know, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wish uh, MMP would go back and take some of these things and put them out on electronic format. Yeah, that probably would make some sense. And I know there would they be did some out of the attic. There would some be some pirating and stuff like that. Oh, but if yeah. they if they put it on their website and it's uh, you know a reasonable price, I think people would would snatch those up. Yeah, I think so. And that's what's in the box. Very good. Here it is. Just what I was talking about before. Yeah. Doomed Battalions comes with the last hurrah. The yeah, new edition of Doomed that Battalions would come, make or, more sense. So, and that's yeah. why I bought it, and that's because it didn't was buy last hurrah. a two for one deal. Yes, it was. 
But it's but so then nice. I, I didn't get the last hurrah box art. I was just going to say, yeah. it's so nice to have the box on yeah. the shelf. Well, you have stopped throwing away your boxes. I have, yes. I learned my lesson. <laughs> I may be slow to learn, but I do finally learn. Well, should we wrap this show up with covering some rules? Yes, let's do. And then we'll go Rule. our separate ways and eat our dinners. All right. Should we have a musical introduction? We don't have one. Rules, 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 rules. And do you want to start? I could start. So this, uh, we thought we'd cover field promotions. This is from uh, Chapter A, Section 18, Field Promotions. And this happens. Uh, Is that when a guy, you get to create a leader? Yes. Okay. So this happens, uh, leader creation that's what during I, play. That's what I call it, leader creation, but it's really called field promotion. Yes. Okay. And I always call it leader creation also because you create a leader. That's what the table says, yeah. I think. It happens during the, the um, there are a couple of ways it can happen. One is during self-rally. So when you're doing the self-rally, as you get one, when it's your turn as the attacker, during the rally phase, you get one self-rally, whether or not a unit has a self-rally Designation on the flip side of his counter. Correct. Broken. On your turn. Right. Only. And a self-rally has to occur on a unit that's not already stacked with a leader. Otherwise, it's not a oh, self-rally. Oh, right. So, so when you roll that self-rally, if you roll original die roll of two, which is also known as snake eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it is. The counter is rallied, and in addition, you roll a leader on the leader creation table. With a plus one die roll modifier, that's a single die die roll modifier for having been broken prior to the self-rally die roll. Yeah, roll one die, yes. Yes. On that table, which on should that be called creation. the field promotion table. I guess it should. Yeah, I wonder. That's Let's why we back. call it leader creation. I'm going to go cross that off, <laughs> put, put it in. Yeah. A, yeah. Any original die roll then on that, uh, other than a two, oh, I'm, let me go back. Any original die roll other than two during the self-rally attempt is handled as a normal self-rally attempt. Okay. So that makes makes sense. The other time it can happen is during close combat. So any multi-man counter making a close combat roll with an original die roll of two, the player makes an immediate single die roll on the leader creation table. If this results in the creation of a leader, that leader must add his leadership, must add his leadership, to the to the close combat die roll, was that just close combat versus a tank? No, did you think it was? No, but I forget to do that. I do too. It's just happening. I'm just thinking, yeah, because you get I f- all excited that you rolled the snake eyes, right? And you just think, oh, I won. You're yeah. eliminated. Yeah. But yeah. So, and I guess the the thing that says must. So, can you create a leader that's like a six plus one? You can. Yes, so that's can. to your detriment in that particular case, which can happen, right. obviously. So that adds a little spin to it. That makes me want to really bit, pay attention to that. When you're rolling so low for the snakes, yeah. it's not going to affect too I, many I guess, I outcomes. Guess but true. there's could be some. Yeah. Um, withdrawal. Let's see. If this results in the creation of a leader, that leader must add his leadership modifier. And it possibly changes the odds. Unless one or both sides withdraw due to infiltration, both attacks are refigured then. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you go back and say, oh, 
oh, I didn't kill you. I got a plus one with this leader that just got created. Yeah. Yeah. So the quality of the leader is based upon um, that die roll, and then there's a leader creation table. So, um, Is that listed there? Yeah, it's shown right here. So there are let some me modifiers. Guess, some, let me guess some of those modifiers, I think. Okay, um, so first of all, just, just off the die roll itself. So if the die roll is less than – is like a six – Single die roll is a six. The leader type created nothing would be a six plus one. The worst. Okay. Yeah. If it's a four or five, seven oh. Yes. If it's two or three, eight oh. Yes. And if it's one, eight neg one. That's right. So that's the best you can that's get. That's the best you can get. And then there's some die roll modifiers on that. So if you're American, British, or German, would you think that your die roll? That, that you'd get an advantage? American, British, German, yes. Yeah. You'd get a neg one die roll modifier on that. Um, if you are Russian or Italian, do you think you'd get a, have a better chance? Plus one. Plus one is right. Uh, if the base unit was broken. Morale? Yeah, broken's on there, right? Yep. If they're all broken. No, they're not. They're not broken in close combat. They're right. only broken if it was that self-rally. Yes. So when you do the self-rally, you're going to have a less negative or a plus one for broken. That's right. It's going to make it, you get a worse leader broken. Yeah. Okay. And actually, and I know I've been through this, of course, you know, many times, but I always forget this, that if the base unit. Morale level. Depend, yeah, depending on their morale level. So if their morale is high, like Eight or greater. They have a neg one? They have a neg one. And if it's a six or less, is it a plus one? Wow, I'm pulling You're this good. way I can, out. I can I tell you have played 1,150 <laughs> scenarios of squad leader. Yeah, but normally I can't Very recall good. things like that. Yeah, it's funny how your brain works because you know, and Bob has told you, you know all this stuff. Yeah. But sometimes, and I know how this works, sometimes somebody will ask you and you'll go, yeah, how many, uh, yeah, uh, if a leader goes CX, how far can he go? And you're, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, it took me a while to come up with the name of the restaurant Noodles and Company. Yes, it did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty basic. Field promotions. Field promotions. And that covered that whole thing? Uh, well, I'm looking at rule 16, and it has an asterisk by it. How come? I don't think any other ones do, because it is optional. Oh. Battlefield Integrity. I have never used it. Tell me about it. It is. Well, it opens with saying, in recognition that even a simple record keeping is offensive to many, this rule is optional. Battlefield Integrity rules are never used in any scenario where either side begins play with less than 10 squad equivalents. However, occasionally it will apply to only one side. As indicated on the card. So the scenario cards have in parentheses the ELR, but they also have in brackets the total number of MMC, multi-man counter, basic point value in the starting OB. Okay. You ever notice that? It's actually in I have brackets noticed like that. Yeah. 130 or right. like 28, 56. Or yeah. It's usually over 100, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think it's on this. It's not on that one. I always one ignore it because I just figure, the, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Was, I'm going to ignore that. And that gives you the integrity base. The integrity base is the number of multi-man counters points a side can lose. 
And then if it goes over that loss uh, situation, it has to check for battlefield integrity. Ah. So it's a way to have your casualties. It's a it's a way of saying, look, armies don't just fight to the last man they, like we do. Yes. In our games. Yeah. <laughs> right? You have one squad and leader left. You got to take that last building so right. they charge out there. Yeah. When they would really say, okay, we're not going to win this battle. Let's go home. That's what it simulates. And so you take the check and uh, it, um, it's ten, the, the integrity base for each side is 10% of the number printed to the left of the turn one box in the turn record chart. Okay. And so, um, well, in do your own scenarios, well, we'll skip that one. As play proceeds, each player is responsible for keeping a running casualty tally of the points eliminated and captured on a casualty tally track of the scenario aid card, and then you mark the base for each side. And when you reach certain points, then you do take a check. So BPV losses due to deployment or unit substitution um, are ignored. Only that of eliminated captured multi-man oh, counters, not okay. crews until they take counter form. And when you're it goes to a half squad, you take a half of its value, and so on. So, and then if you get reinforcements, you can add uh, those to the points I would tally. Think so, yeah, yeah, accordingly. Yeah, and so um, an integrity check is then taken. Whenever a player's tally is greater than his integrity base, he must check with a die roll two die. And if this is greater than or equal to 12, the current ELR of all his forces is lessened by one until changed by another integrity check. So the integrity check die roll is subject to these following cumulative die rolls. So if he fails an integrity check, his ELR is going to go down. That's going to make him slip. You know, slide downhill even faster, isn't it? Yeah, right. You get down that ELR, and I guess that's going to make the troops go weaker in category. I th- right. And I think there was yeah. a instant loss, I thought, to this thing, too. But let me uh, continue. So some diro modifiers is uh, plus one for an integrity-based loss. For 10%, plus 2 for 20%, each 10% category. Okay. It goes down, you check. Enemy, uh, plus 1 for enemy has unopposed armor or air okay. support, plus 2. Yeah. And neg 1 for friendly armor, unopposed. Right. Okay. Or air support. So I guess they're saying if your army knows you have air, you have tank cover, then you're going to be happier about that. Right. Um, and then a leadership modifier. For the best friendly good order leader, and if the side has no good order leader, it's a plus one. Mm-hmm. Now, ELR can continue to drop due to subsequent battlefield integrity checks to zero, minimum of zero, Ooh. and any change in ELR takes effect immediately. Um, and it can be regained. A player may occasionally attempt to regain lost ELR by making another integrity check. Final die roll less than or equal to two. However, he may ignore all positive die roll modifiers and apply negatives that he qualifies for. And I, I would think if your uh, reinforcements are coming on, 
that you that's would take another integrity check, check and put you back in the it, it, a better situation. Yeah, from that. Yeah, yeah, or like okay. that unopposed mm-hmm. armor appears. Yeah, right. And you've got. Um, and so, a player may immediately attempt to regain ELR once per player turn as a result of receiving MMC or armor reinforcements, as we just did say. And so, um, other things, um, the arrival of the reinforcements qualifies it for the neg one for each 10%. So it's right. kind of like the reversal yeah, of what okay. they were saying earlier. Yeah. So I may not regain or gain ELR, it has not lost, so you can't just go up. You know, if I start with an ELR of three, I didn't lose anything, and I gain reinforcements. I don't yeah, go up. You to don't go four. up to four. Okay. Yeah. And um, a player may attempt to regain ELR. It has not lost, even though it cannot regain that ELR yet, merely in the hope of avoiding all previous cumulative integrity-based loss checks. I don't know what that meant, really. But so so. Very interesting. It, the only rule. That we know of, really, that's optional. I think I guess, so. Really, in that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I and I can see why. Either. You know, you're doing all this checking, and then yeah. And I, yeah. I swore there was an automatic loss thing in here, based upon the loss of these points, the integrity base oh. changes. Yeah, but no, apparently not. Have you ever played with this? No. In your recollection? No. So I know I haven't. I guess I'd like to know from our listeners if any of you have played using this optional rule and uh, how you like it, how you think it works, and is it something we should explore or that you would encourage other users to, uh, other players to to use? Because, I don't know, sounds kind of interesting, though I don't really, without having done the book, any of the bookkeeping... I'd like uh, to know how, how intense really it would involved. be. Yeah. Often we mark down losses anyway. Some players do yeah. anyway. I mean, certainly you know, if you're counting um, victory for points, points in that particular scenario, that would You're going to know, itself. just put the MMC points in right. a separate category. Right. And then you have it there anyway. Right. But you're rolling, and then, I don't know. And then, I hate the ELR going down a lot anyway. But Yeah, me too. I skip ELR. Well, I guess they disrupt a lot more then. Yes. I, and I used to skip ELR in the early days. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, I don't want to I mean, I read that. that and was like, oh, let's just play. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it ain't going to change much. Yeah. That's always the way it is. <laughs> interesting, so, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you have another segment or? Um, let's talk about always. Ouch. Wounds? Yeah, it was really, yes, it's called Wounds here, but always was... What rule section really, is that? 17? This is, yeah, rules, yeah, section 17 in chapter A. Wounds are accounted for only when they occur to a single man counter. counters, yeah. yes. So thereby diminishing their abilities, but still leaving them in play. I was kind of surprised by this, I think, when I first started playing squad leader, that the leaders would get wounded... And they could still play, and they could still do a lot of their leisure stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I, now, I think you're going to be telling us it'll lower their morale. Yes. And modifier and move. Yeah, so a wound can occur from a um, sniper attack. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Or from a casualty uh, reduction. Boxcar roll. Yeah. yeah. Um, an unwounded hero is considered wounded instead of broken whenever he fails a morale check. 
Uh, uh, yes, because you flip him over, he has no broken side on the counter. That's right. A wounded leader may be marked, or must be marked by a wound counter. And the wounded hero is just flipped over to its one three eight side. <clears throat> Whenever a single man counter is wounded, another die roll that's single. Oh, yeah. Uh, use the colored. Must be immediately made to determine the severity of the wound. And on a, a die roll. Five of, or six is going to make him uh, killed. Is that killed, right? Killed dead. You know, remove him from the board. On a die roll of one to four, the wound is minor. A wounded man who's wounded again, what happens? Um, oh, he is simply wounded again. That's right. Uh, exactly yeah, because that right. freaks me yeah. out. I used to and always think weird. he should be dead. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree, though. But does his kill check go to four, five, or yeah, six? Plus his, one on the kill yes, check. Yes, exactly right. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't go against, so if he's wounded yet again, it's not like you then had it, a plus two. Then it stays at just the it plus just one. It just stays at the plus yeah, one. Yeah, I don't want to be a plus two then. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many shots can a guy take? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. A wounded man is reduced to three movement factors, even if he's berserk. Yes. Um, unless he's carried on something. He like can be a, carried right. like any other portage point right. thing yep. by his men. Um, What's his? Does it say what his portage points are in that rule? Or, uh, oh, we'll get no, to it. it doesn't. Yeah, I don't think. a single man counter becomes wounded after already expending three movement factors. Is oh, pinned. then he has to stop. Yeah. Okay. Right. He gets pinned. Oh, pinned. Okay. Yeah. A wounded man who's not portaging a support weapon uh, may be carried. By any good order, multi-man counter, counter at the cost of oh, five portage points. There it is. That's what I was looking for. So your normal portage points is three. Yeah. You're carrying a guy who costs you five. You normally move four. You're two over. Five is two more than three, so it reduces yeah. two from your movement factors. Right. So your four movement factor goes down to two. He may as well run alongside you because he has three movement factors. Oh, yeah. Right, except, does it say he counts his leader movement bonus? A wounded leader's two movement factor bonus for accompaniment throughout the movement phase still applies. So, yeah. Now you're so back up to four, to four. So he can go four instead of so just three. Four. Boy, they make that, Carry they, that they, they make that complicated. <laughs> they should just say, if the wounded leader is moving with a multi-man counter, <laughs> they can go four altogether as long as they stay together. Yeah, that would have been nicer. But yeah. And if they're CX, and that's what then, I mean. then you yeah, lower I guess. it and all that yeah. junk. But, yeah, I guess that's But okay, true. so it does help to carry the dude. That's the thing, is I don't consider it carrying him. I know that's what they're saying here, but it's just if they're moving alongside, his ability to to, to move them along, modify their yeah. movement factors is greatly reduced. Yeah. Or actually, yes, I guess it is carried because they're lending their movement factors to him to bring him along with them. Yes. Really is what it is. Right. If he's just with them, he can't go more than three. Right. Even though he can add two okay. to them. So okay. they all end up stopping because they have to stay That's a good one. Yeah, actually, I... Uh... So if you really got to have that leader, go ahead and pick him up and you don't have a machine gun or pick something. Pick him up and just portage. move four. Yeah. Yeah. And then his I don't think I did that. I, I I'm thinking I was playing with Rich the other day. I think I missed I definitely yeah, I missed remember that part because I was leaving him behind because I left the leader advance too and Yeah. Uh a wounded man has his morale level and leadership 
lower modifier reduced by, by one. yes. So a seven O becomes a six one plus one. Yep. Eight neg one becomes a seven O. Yeah. Well, the modifier is reduced. Yes, and the morale level. Right, and I think if you look at the wound counter, oh his, yes, that's his, right. His morale level and the modifier, and I yeah, think yeah. it's posted on that counter, the wound counter, right? Yes, that's you. right. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. However, he's otherwise unimpaired, so he after, hasn't been drinking after all that. <laughs> he can speak clearly. <laughs> unimpaired, I guess he can still use a field phone or yeah, you know, fire call an OBA, weapon. all that, all that kind of stuff. He may fire support weapon or use a radio normally. Oh, yeah, it says it right here. Does not require other units in his hex to pass a loss leader morale check or task check due to his wound. Wounding, okay, yeah. And um, he never loses more than one morale level and one leadership. Oh, even if we modifier again, due to wounds, yeah. even if he gets Multiple, whacked several yeah. times. And so, miraculously alive. But, yeah. So that's it. All right. I would say yeah. that's going to wrap up a show Good we're going to get yeah. to our dinners yes we are and this has been um 109 and a wonderful time jeffrey thank you for your time thank you for coming dave bearing the the horrible weather and uh maybe i'll see you tomorrow yep we're gonna maybe play we'll, dave is we might try and get a game in haven't Dave's, checked with the wife yet he's got might, a day off well you let me know and um, i may play a little hooky from work and come over and play yeah yeah, unless, so. unless the wife says, "Oh, let's do a family movie or something." And we encourage everybody to oh. play hooky and hey, and Monuments Men is out. We should go see that next week coming up. I think. Oh, okay. Can't coming wait. Soon. Coming yeah, soon. I want to see that. Okay. Yeah. So thanks right. everybody for listening. Uh, thanks again, and, and, and we'll look forward to being with you next time. And until then, roll low and rally well, but, but not, not when you're playing, playing us. By all means, goodbye, Bye, everybody. everybody. This is the music that comes at the end of the show. This is the end of the show. Yeah. When the show is over, you may stop listening. Or you may start again. Please turn off your computer yeah. when the music ends. Or sit down in the nearest chair. You know, the kids took...